Smarties, today we are discussing the importance of failing forward. Last week, we chatted about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable as parents, as educational therapists, as learning specialists, as people. And today we're digging into why you want to show your learner or your partner failure and how to model it effectively in your home. Before we dig into that episode, we just wanted to remind you to join our email list. That's the fastest, easiest way to connect with us. We read all those emails and we respond, I think, pretty quickly. So go ahead and go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. Join our email list. There is where you get behind the scenes stuff. All the freebies will be sent to you. And that is the fastest way to connect with us. So please join us on that list. Now let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 294 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And we are talking about failure today, which it's a hard conversation. It's a hard lesson about failure. I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting time for this to be sort of coming up for me as a parent. Because like I told you before we hit record, Elliot is no longer wearing diapers. Mm. And I said to you before we I'm like, should I text the teachers and just see how it's going. And the truth is, there's nothing meaningful that's going to come of that. Absolutely not. Other than my own curiosity, right? Yeah. I am not the one who needs to remind him to go to the bathroom. They are in charge of him. If there's an oops, then they'll have to be the ones that take care of it and so on. And so I am just sitting in this uncomfortable place of being nervous, excited, Mm -hmm. because I'm excited for him. This is how we spent the time between the Christmas holiday and frankly, way after New Year's as well, is like practicing this skill. So I'm uncomfortable. He probably will have an oops, but that is how he will learn. Because if he does not like the feeling of the oops... He will listen to his body and listen to the feelings in his body more. So mm-hmm. he's been doing great at home, but we've been afraid to leave the house. I'm just being honest. Like, we haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> so You didn't need to go anywhere. No, we didn't need to go anywhere. We had the downtime. I have not been more stressed as a parent than I was that first day. I don't know why I was like out of my mind anxious. At one point I said to Adam, like, I'm sorry, honey, I'm nervous. I'm anxious about this. And he goes, you think? (laughs) Because I was acting like. (laughs) It got better. It got better. I also struggle with new things. So felt very supported by everyone. And failure, right? Yes. Yeah. It's all the things. But failure is how you learn how to do things. So yeah, this is important for everybody. Yeah. I'm sitting in the uncomfortableness. And yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes when I pick him up. For sure. Why is it so important to display failure? Today, we wanted to talk about displaying failure. 
this is a really interesting time too, because it's the beginning of a new semester for a lot of students. I had some students enter the practice towards the end of last semester when failure was really hitting hard. We've had some college students who have had some failure all of a sudden for the first time in their lives. And so I think understanding though that you can come back from failure, I think is the biggest takeaway. And I think in order to learn that, you have to display failure to your kids. And does that mean failure on a grand level? No, it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -mm. But little failures, we'll call them quote unquote failures, are important in teaching them how to bounce back. Yes. Because these things happen. And I think in general, we don't like to talk about failures, We like to hide failures because with a failure comes shame and embarrassment. Sometimes, especially something so public, can be really difficult for parents and adults and the adult learners that we have in our practice. But the failure is where the growth lives. Mm -hmm. So that is the productive struggle. When we have those moments that is a struggle... That is where we can change the narrative, make it productive, make it meaningful, and we can see the growth. But if we ignore failures, both as parents, as partners of people who are working on stuff, then what we are teaching them is other people don't have failures and they're the only ones. Yeah who are struggling. I cannot tell you stuff. I mean, you know, all the time we have learners come into the practice who are literally in the same classes as other learners. Mm -hmm. We already have seen the assignment. We've already broken down the assignment with somebody else, but they will say, well, nobody from my class has to do this. And we're like, yes, Uh they do. And I know they do. And I can't tell you who, but this is happening. And if we could just start being okay with, hey, I need a little extra support because this is a struggle for me. It would normalize it for everybody. Yeah. The, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to do this yet. Or the, I thought I had it, but I didn't. So now how can we move forward? Learning moments are incredibly impactful because I have a student who I worked with many years ago who had some failure And we came back from the failure and then I stopped working with the student and the student had another big failure recently and is coming back. Yeah. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because I said to the student, we did it once, we'll do it again. Yeah. And it was the shoulders relaxed of, okay, yeah, that's true. We can come back from this. That's where the confidence can build too. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. So let's talk about some examples of displaying failure that is not life-altering moments, but little moments. They're little moments that if you are a highly productive person, a lot of these things are things that would personally trigger me as I was writing this list, right? For sure. And some of this stuff is like totally you. Yeah. We can say which one as we go through Uh the things that would really trigger us. And the first way of sort of displaying failure is just being late. Yeah. That's a failure to plan is a plan to fail (laughs) and like not leaving with enough time to get to your appointment. 
And that is something that very much triggers me. Uh Uh-huh. I think it very much triggers you. It very much triggers me. Yeah. If I'm late to an appointment or a doctor's appointment or something, my heart races. Uh, Yeah. I'm like calling and I'm like, I'm literally parking right now. And they're like, we don't care. You don't have to be here at exactly two zero zero. For sure. I mean, recently I had an appointment for a test and they sent me the go around of where it was. And I got there 10 minutes late because I went to two other places. Yes. And they wouldn't take me. And I had to reschedule it. And I was very upset. Well, I was upset for you about that situation because they did not communicate well. They did not. Nobody at fault, but it just still didn't feel good. And it was far away. And I was very upset about the whole thing. Yeah. It was out of my control, but I was late and there was nothing I could do about it. So number two on this list is missing an appointment. Mm -hmm. So either being too late and they've moved on or you just sleep through it entirely. Oh, my gosh. If you don't wake up after an alarm or you forget to set it or set it for the wrong time, I feel like the rest of the day is me trying to catch up. It's awful. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but there was one class that I needed. I needed like a writing class in college. Uh And the one that everybody said to get into was like writing and film. Because you're like watching movies. Turns out you're watching like real old movies. Black and white. Yeah. And it was very clear. If you are not sitting in your seat when that class starts, you are out of that class because there's always a wait list. And I needed it that semester. Classes at Berkeley, it was Berkeley time. So if it said 11, the class really started at 11.10. I woke up at 11.03. I have never gotten dressed gotten ready and raced across campus. I was in my seat at 1110. But what that did to my day, I will never forget that feeling. That day is done. By the way, I was a college student, so don't judge me for sleeping till 11. Even as a parent, I could sleep till 11 now very easily. Oh, yeah. I just can't anymore. My hobby is sleeping. I'm a really good sleeper. Like, I love sleeping. So don't judge that component of it. But it was horrible. It was horrible. Missing an appointment at class. Yeah. Being late to something. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I will say, if I ever mess up with a client, we've rescheduled something, and I just blank or whatever it is, our clients love it so much. Oh, for sure. When we mess up on something like that. And it normalizes. It's very common for me to be like, I totally had an EF failure here. Yeah. And I want to throw in that number one, we're talking about the failure that we had. So that's something that we're really encouraging you to do with your learners. Right. But also there are a subset of people that can't sit in that failure and comfortableness. And we've talked about this before. You can pretend to have some failures on purpose. So take that into consideration if you're like, I'm not going to be doing that in my life because you don't like the feeling. But remember that the importance is teaching how to come back from it. Right. The next example of displaying failure. So not realizing you may have something, an important meeting or something going on the following day and you aren't prepared. Very uncomfortable feeling. And that's a feeling that you can model. And your recovery is something you can model. Absolutely. This one is a total staff one. A hundred (laughs) percent. So the next one's struggling with first steps of a large project. And this is definitely something that I can struggle with if it comes to writing 
comes to a presentation, comes to anything like that, I get overwhelmed and I can't break it down. It's very hard for me to do the first part of it. And then after that, I'm fine. Once we give it structure, both with like figuring out what the structure of the podcast is going to be, or when we do a speaking presentation or something like that, that's when it becomes a lot easier when you can see what something's supposed to look like at the end. Yep. But creating something from nothing is usually, at least we have to talk about it. Yeah. It can be very painful for me. Yes. Yes. Then another one that I think is really important, both as a parent, as an educator, is challenges with emotional regulation. And I want to be clear, we all lose our cool sometimes. As a professional with a client, we should never be losing our cool. But as a parent in your home or a partner in your home, sometimes stuff happens. Mm -hmm. After things have settled and calmed down. That's when you go and you have that conversation of repair and showing your learner or your child or your partner that you're human and human beings have big feelings sometimes and talking about it. And this is what you do once it happens. Mm -hmm. What would you add, Steph? I was just going to say knowing and helping others in your life actively talk about what works for them to help them regulate their emotions when they feel dysregulated. For me, and I know for you too, water helps. Yeah. So when I feel dysregulated, and I know you do too, we've had conversations about this. Taking a shower helps regulate me. Mm-hmm. I took a bath last night. Oh, I love taking baths. That's so nice. Yeah. I put Epsom salts in there. Oh, you're fancy. Do you have candles? You should put candles in. I do that sometimes. It's lovely. I didn't think that through. I did bring my iPad because I was like, I'm going to watch something. But yeah, yeah, water definitely regulates me back and helps me feel better for sure. Knowing that for yourself or knowing that for a partner or as a parent of when the other person can't think straight enough to do those regulating activities is helping them realize it. Absolutely. And then difficulty figuring out what needs to happen first. Mm. And the example that we wrote is really with household activities. And the example that we've gone back to over and over and over again is laundry. So let's talk about (laughs) when laundry needs to be done, but also the kitchen needs to be cleaned. I'm very happy with this example, Rachel. I'm very happy with this example. Some people, uh uh-huh, what do they do? Some people will go ahead and clean the kitchen first Mm -hmm. before putting the laundry in. Maybe because that's where they're closest to or that's what they see needs to be dealt with. As opposed to laundry can be like hidden away. Or they'll start with the laundry and then do the kitchen second Because breaking up tasks is hard. And I think what you're saying is not like putting the laundry in and getting it started and then going and doing the kitchen. Uh uh I think what you're saying is putting the laundry in, waiting for the wash cycle, moving into the drying cycle, waiting for the drying cycle, and then tack. And then, you know, maybe or not putting everything away. Right. And then tackling the kitchen. 
Can our audience tell who we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think so. So a lot of people struggle with task switching and breaking down these sorts of tasks, right? And so task switching, meaning going, putting the laundry in, going to do part of the kitchen. Then when the laundry is ready to go in the dryer, go put it in the dryer or hang it to dry and then go back and finish the kitchen. This task switching and breaking down of tasks is very challenging very challenging, right? It's very hard to prioritize and break it down, which which steps can I do when in this process rather than I'll just start this and finish it and then do this and then finish it. Or not. God bless them. (laughs) (laughs) Another example is failing to follow instructions on a recipe. This is something everybody has cooking fails. Everybody has baking fails. Oh, for sure. Baking, especially because baking is so... So specific. Yeah, it's so scientific. And if you don't have good instincts about stuff, then you got to be careful. But this is a great opportunity to talk about, hey, this was a fail forward. Yeah. But I know what I did wrong and I'll fix it for next time. It's kind of like when you're making cookies and you have to do the wet ingredients and the dry ingredients, guys. If you don't do it, it comes out weird. I never separate them. Well, maybe you just like weird cookies. I don't mean to undermine your example. I'm just saying I have really good baking instincts. You have exceptional baking ability. I'm really good. Yeah. So you should separate it in certain situations. Yes. (laughs) If you're following the exact recipe. Follow the recipe, guys. Exactly. Don't be like me. Yeah. I change recipes all the time. (laughs) Unless you're a baker. Right. And with that, we hope that this conversation gave you some things to think about, some things to talk about as a family. Or some ideas to try, like have your learner follow a recipe. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah. And as you go through your week, a failure will happen. And hopefully the conversation around that failure will shift into a narrative of understanding and the understanding that we're all human. For sure. So have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week. 